here to remember the life of Jan, of the memories that we have of her, but also to remember her faith, her faith in her Savior, and that message of salvation that's for all. And one of the things I'd like to say at the beginning of these services, sometimes we come into a service thinking it's goodbye. And we're saying goodbye to so-and-so. But we're not saying goodbye to Jan. We're saying see you later. Because we shall see her again. And with that, in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, Amen. We have come together to seek God's comfort in our sorrow, and to rejoice in the promise of the resurrection. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ, who said, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. We pray. Lord Jesus, you wept at the grave of your friend Lazarus, and you consoled Mary and Martha in their distress. Draw near to us who mourn for Jan. And dry the tears of all who weep. Calm our troubled hearts. Dispel our doubts and fears. And lead us to praise you for having brought her to faith. In your rising from the dead, you conquer death and open the gates to eternal life. Strengthen us with your word. And lead us through this earthly life until at last we are united with you and all of the saints in glory everlasting. Amen. In baptism, Jan was clothed with the robe of Christ's righteousness that covered all of her sin. St. Paul says, Do you not know that all of us who have been baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? We were buried, therefore, with him by baptism into death, in order that, just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glory of the Father, we too might walk in the newness of life. For if we have been united with him in a death like his, we shall certainly be united with him in a resurrection like his. We continue with the topic of
doctrine holds to you from the beginning? Have you not understood since the earth was founded? He sits in thrones above the circle of the earth, and his people are like grasshoppers. He stretches out the heavens like a canopy and spreads them out like a tent to live in. He brings princes to naught and reduces the rulers of this world to nothing. No sooner are they planted, no sooner are they sown, no sooner do they take root in the ground, and he blows on them and they wither, and the whirlwind sweeps them away like chaff. To whom will you compare me? Or who is my people? says the Holy One. Lift your eyes and look to the heavens. Who created all these? He who brings out the starry host one by one and calls them each by name. Because of his great power and mighty strength, not one of them is missing. Why do you say, O Jacob, and complain, O Israel, my way is hidden from the Lord, my cause is disregarded by my God? Do you not know? Have you not heard? The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He will not grow tired or weary, and his understanding no one can fathom. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. Our second lesson from the first chapter of Ephesians. In him we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins, in accordance with the riches of God's grace that he lavished on us with all wisdom and understanding. And he made known to us the mystery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which he purposed in Christ, to be put into effect in the times that reached their fulfillment, to bring all things in heaven and on earth together under one head, even Christ. Our gospel lessons from the 14th chapter of the book of John. Do not let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God, trust also in me. In my Father's house are many rooms. If we're not so, I would have told you. I am going there to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you also may be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going? Thomas said to him, Lord, we don't know where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. 
the words of our Lord. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, let me begin by expressing to you Pam and Randy and to the rest of your family not only my sympathy but the sympathy of the congregation. Jan has been a well-loved and a dear friend of this congregation and so we share in your grief and we lift you up in prayer that God's grace might give you strength and his peace. Your hearts are heavy now. Tears are running. There is deep sadness in this place. And so my prayer is that his word will bring some comfort today. The sadness and the emptiness that you feel now will exist far after the service. But may the service for Jan today be a first step with God's word to help you in your grief. You know, talking with the family last week, I learned, well, many things. Um, one of the things that, you know, she loved to cook and make cakes, and one of them was what, a coconut cake. And I remember several years after I arrived here, um, I had a severe anaphylactic allergy to coconut. And I remember visiting Jan and Cliff once, and she just about threw me out of the house. She said, you can't come in here, there's coconut in but you know, as you look at the obituary, there are many things that comprise of her, of her life. Many memories that we all have. And again, talking with the family, one of those that, that Jan held here and brought comfort to family members because this event made family feel safe was Christmas. And so I thought for a moment I'd like to reflect on the famous Christmas carol, O Holy Night. And I chose that one because it reminds us that we live in a weary world. It goes like this. Long lay the world in sin and error pining, till he appeared and the soul felt its worth, a thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices for yonder grace and a new and glorious morn. You see, this carol sees a weary, a difficult life, a life of pain, a life of toil, a life of stress, a life of heartaches, a life of sin. But it sees this life, it sees this life, but it's thrilled knowing that there will be an end to it. Jack experienced 97 years of sin and error, 
a life of weariness and toil. No matter how many days God grants to us, this is the fact. We will live in a weary world, longing for that day when we get to be with our Savior. This is what Jan believed. And in fact, I remember one conversation I had with her about a year ago. She mentioned her many trials, especially in her older age. But several times in that conversation, she kept saying, I can't wait to be with Jesus. I think that says a lot about the testimony of her faith. So what wearies you today? I think the obvious answer is staring us right in the face as the passing of our loved one. But one can also struggle on a day like today with their own mortality. And a death has a funny way of putting things into perspective. And there are many ways that we can react to death. Many ways we can react to living in a, a troubled, weary life. We can give up, we can become angry, we can live in despair, we can blame, we can isolate, and many others. We, we think at one moment we're strong in the Lord, but then when life gets in the way, filled with all of its challenges, we react. Lord, why aren't you helping me? Lord, why do I have to live 97 years old? The temptation may even be at times to hate God. You see, this is the paradox that we live in as saint and sinner in this world. Or even blaming ourselves. Why did I do more? Why did I do more to help Jan in her final days or her final months? Or maybe how come I didn't visit her enough? Maybe if only I'd done that. God is not taking her. Psalm 139 says this. All the days ordained for me were written in your book before one of them came to be. God had a day picked out for Jan. And he has a date for all of us. Now our first lesson that I read from Isaiah, throughout this whole text, you hear the word weary. Isaiah first uses that word to say that God does not grow weary, that God does not grow faint. And that's good news for us. Isaiah reminds us that God is always there, that God gives the power to the faint and increases the strength of those who have no strength left. I would imagine these last 
weaker soul, you feel like you have no strength left. But the fears keep coming. And you don't know how you're going to make it tomorrow. Weary is all I can think of. But yet God gives us the promise that he is going to increase our strength. You see, in our grief, in our sadness, God through Isaiah is speaking words of comfort to you. He reminds us that we have a God who has always been there for us. Isaiah asks in that text, in that text, have you not known? Have you not heard? Another way, I'll put it a different way. Don't you remember? Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten the many promises that God has given to you? Have you forgotten the promises that God will be with you always to the very end of the age? Isaiah in chapter, verses 28 and 29 says, The Lord is the everlasting God, the creator of the ends of the earth. He does not faint or grow weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the faint, and to him who has no might, he increases his strength. And we forgot the power of our Savior. When I was meeting again with the family, one of the conversations that came that came up was Jan's faith. And the priority that both Jan and Cliff had is passed down that faith to family. And I remember Jill, you were saying something to the fact that, that Jan always made it a priority to have you, you guys attend VBS in Sunday school. Christian education, that was so important, it was, a, it was a foundational stone for your life. A foundational stone because you got, you, you got to hear the, the basic stories of Noah in the ark, Samson, Daniel the lion's journey, Daniel, uh, David and Goliath, of his birth, of his death and his resurrection. All of these stories that help shape and mold us into who we are and then shape us for the life that is to come. In your bulletin, under where it says message, let's sing that song, Jesus Loves Me.
How do we know this? The Bible tells us so. You know, we make many, we do a lot of weird things in life, things that we're not proud of. But there's one thing that Jan wanted you to remember. And that is, your loving God can forgive any mishap that's happened in your life. Our good and gracious God, who has given us our faith, who has strengthened our faith, who has nourished our faith. And Pam, you were saying that several ladies here um, you guys went on a couple of women of faith um, conferences. So education and growing in the Lord doesn't end with Sunday school. It continues our whole life. And you know, one of the amazing things is I arrived here in 2005-06 every Sunday to see both Cliff and Jan and Bible class. And they, in time too, I mean, there were days when you could tell Cliff did not want to be here. <laughs> and Jan had to drag him along. And she would tell him just to sit on there. But yet, they learned something. And it was a priority for them. And when things become a priority, our Lord has a unique way of shaping those opportunities to things that transform us, to shape us, and to mold us for something better. So I think if there's one thing that Jan would like you to remember, and that is faith in Christ. What's important is a relationship with God. But it doesn't end there. It's a faith that needs to be strengthened, to be encouraged for your life. You can be proud. Your mother, your grandmother, your great-grandmother, your friend, she led a, a faithful life. Served several committees on the Veterans of Foreign Wars. She was active here at church in various groups. And as I said, her belief in Jesus was most important. Pastor Meyer, the previous pastor here, our, our visitation pastor, had the wonderful opportunity over the last year or so to, to make visits on Jan to bring her holy communion. What a better opportunity for the two of them to get together to share old memories, to talk about faith, and to take communion together. See, that's a Christian community. We are here to support 
one another. Being faithful means that we believe in Christ until the day that God calls us home. And so we can rest now knowing that Jan is free from the effects of aging and now is in the hand of her Savior because of her faith. Because what Christ has done for her on the cross. And she now wears the crown of life. Eternal life. A life of bliss and happiness with Jesus forever. In conclusion, let me suggest that what we do here today may well be the opposite of what we think we should do. Instead of mourning the end of Jan's life, let's celebrate her arrival at a new and more glorious life due to the love of God. Rest for the weary, strength for the weary, a thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. For yonder grace, a new and glorious morn. Amen. Gracious God, receive your abiding love and the kindness shown to us by man.
receive comfort and encouragement from others, we are experiencing your care. Help us bear all of our burdens patiently. Be the strength of your people now and in difficult days to come. Lord, in your mercy. Amen. O Lord, support us all day long. To the shadows lengthen and the evening comes, and the busy world is hushed, and the fever of life is over, and our work is done. Then, in your mercy, grant us a safe lodging and a holy rest and peace at the last. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen.
stood at the foot of the cross, we stand before you with broken hearts and tear-filled eyes. Keep us mindful that we know our pain, and lead us to see your resurrection power already at work in Jan. In your time, raise us from our grief, even as you have promised to raise Jan to life eternal. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift his countenance upon all of you and give you his peace.